Yes, indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like if you're lazy, can you get a smoke alarm with a snooze button? Hi, America. Hello, world. (laughs) My name is Adrian Lee, and I'm your host. Welcome to the show, More Questions Than Answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites, and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests, somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains, with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. There we go. It's Christmas. She's eating too much turkey. (laughs) So snuggle under your covers, turn out your light, and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting and for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show and we are completely live and unedited. Let me start by introducing tonight's guest panel. Firstly, the mysterious and effervescent Heather Morris. She has been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society, and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather went to buy a goldfish this week. They asked her if she wanted an aquarium, and she said she didn't care what star sign it was. Welcome to the show, Heather. (laughs) Hello. We also have with us the analytical and sceptical mind of Kim Gore. Kim is also a talented and valued member of the International Paranormal Society. Kim was complimented on her driving this week. Someone left a note on her windscreen that said parking fine. So that was nice. Welcome to the show, <laughs> Hello. Kim. Finally on tonight's show, I wish to introduce the calm and unflappable Greg Gore. He is married to Kim and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show. Greg is a paranormal investigator and tech expert. He owns and operates more cameras and leads than the BBC outside broadcast department. He is also our sound engineer and producer. Greg said this week he opened a theatre. I said, are you having me on? He said, I'll have to give you an audition, but I'm not promising anything. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the show, Greg. Hello. We are Series 2, 
episode 42. And this is a fabulous episode. This is our Christmas special. We are going out on Christmas Day, so I hope you've had a fabulous Christmas and the seasonal greetings to yourselves. Thank you for tuning in and listening to us, and obviously you've not killed each other yet. This is show 42. We did 33 episodes in the first series of More Questions and Answers. That makes this the 75th anniversary or the 75th episode. So we're all a round of Yay. applause. Can't Yay. believe we made it without Seems any like kind only of, yesterday. Not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> I never used to have grey hair until I started this show. <laughs> 42 is a fabulous number. 42 is the angle in which a rainbow appears. Did anyone know that? No. I no. didn't know rainbows had an angle. Who knew? In Japanese culture, the number 42 is considered what? What are we going to go with? This points to be had. It's considered to be... Lucky. Kim's going lucky. Uh, death omen. Death omen. That's very specific. <laughs> the choice really was lucky or unlucky, to be honest. <laughs> I took it a step further. Oh, well. Unlucky, I'm guessing there. Yeah, oh, thank you for giving me that. Greg. <laughs> lucky. Lucky. It is unlucky. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and it's unlucky because the word or the uh, the number 42 when said in Japanese culture is pronounced shiny. And it sounds like the Japanese term unto death. So, <laughs> oh, where's my points? Oh, here we go. It's a wild stab in the dark, and she's on plus two. That will be removed before the end of this reading. The number 42 is important in Christianity, apparently. There are 42 generations listed in the Gospel of Matthew, all related to Christ, of course. There are 42 months the beast will hold dominion over the earth in Revelations. God sent, and I didn't realize this, God sent bears to maul 42 teenage boys that mocked Elijah for his baldness. That's in Second Kings, what? apparently. Has anyone heard that before? No. God sending bears to maul 42 teenagers who mocked baldness on Elijah. <laughs> the Gutenberg Bible is also known as the 42-line Bible because there's 42 lines on every page. The answer to the ultimate question of life the universe and everything is, of course, 42. If you've ever read The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by the great and fabulous and late, unfortunately, Douglas Adams. If you've not read that book, what are you doing with your life and show some ambition? Remember, if you really want to get on in this universe, you really need to know where your towel is. And if you've ever read Lewis Carroll and you've read Alice in Wonderland, he uses the number 42 in so many places throughout the book Alice in Wonderland that I would be here for an hour just giving you how many times he uses that. Just out of interest. He was a mathematician, apparently. Who knew? If you used the international dialing code of 42, you would have accessed the former country of Czechoslovakia, but that's not been in use since 1993. And I'll stick with this. When Czechoslovakia was split into two separate countries in 1993, Czechoslovakia became the Czech Republic and Slovakia. What happened to the O's? Where did the O's go? Was it a little town in the middle that got forgotten about? See where I'm going? Czechoslovakia. Just see where we are. This is the 75th episode. It's a special day because today it's Christmas Day, but it's also a full moon tonight. Did you know that? There's yes. not been a full moon. You knew that. Mm -hmm. You're going to get more points for knowing that after I've said it, are you? Yes. I'll give you another one. I'm feeling in festive spirit. Oh, he's You're very now, giving, isn't he? Yes, he's very giving, yes. Your this generosity is knows no bounds. No, my philanthropy <laughs> is almost untouched and unequaled. You have three points, madam. Yay! But 1977 was the last time there was a full moon 
at Christmas, which is very interesting, of course, because that's when Star Wars came out. Really? You see how this is cycling? Do you uh-huh. see where we are? There are five facts I'm going to read out for Christmas. There are points to be won later on in this, so you need to listen carefully. In the 12 days of Christmas, do you remember that carol? Yes. Or is it a hymn? It's a carol, I guess, isn't it? On the 12th day of Christmas, my true love sent to me. Do you know what true love means? Do you know what the true love in that is? Those are gifts given by God. True love isn't a romantic couple in the 12 days of Christmas. It's a reference to God. You spoiled it. So partridge in a pear tree is Jesus on the you know, the tree. See where we are? The cross? No. What do you mean no? I'm telling you these are facts. <laughs> you can say no as much as you want. This is historical fact we're giving here. The two turtle doves are the Old and the New Testament, and it goes on from there. In AD 350, Pope Julius I, Bishop of Rome, proclaimed December the 25th as the official birthday of Christ. So what day were they celebrating Christmas on before 350 AD? If it was 349 and you're sat there, when's your Christmas day? Because if you think about it, one of the gifts that Jesus was given by the shepherds, of course, was lambs. And they're not lambing around Christmas, around December. That would be ridiculous. They actually think he was probably born in spring. They suspect April, middle of April, to be honest. But they declared 350 AD, Pope Julius I, who was also famous, of course, for making those fabulous orange drinks, who knew? Um, Christmas 25th, December. There you go. Who knew such things? On average... How many years does it take for a Christmas tree to grow before it's cut down for Christmas? Closest one wins. Go for it. Heather, number? 15. Kim? 30. Greg? 12. You've looked at my notes. It's 15. No, I haven't. You have. You've been cheating. I've seen you looking. <laughs> what, you've suddenly become psychic overnight or all-knowing. Which one is it? Both. Both. Psychic <laughs> and all-knowing. I haven't looked at your notes. You guard them like it's... Yes, because you cheat. Fort That's why. <laughs> yes. You were the type of kid sat next to me at school copying my exam notes. I know where we are. You will get more points, <laughs> but there right. is an air of dubiousness All that's right. currently permeating throughout the building. <laughs> you are on four, and I'm going to watch how this goes. I'm suspicious. Let's just say that. Okay. We can go on together. This is true. Okay, then. What year in America... Was Christmas declared a national holiday for the first time? Heather, looking for a year. The first year in America, Christmas was declared a national holiday. If you get this spot on, I'm going to cry that you've been cheating. 1946. 1946. I'm going to go earlier than that. 1927. 1927. Greg. 1776. Wow. Kim's actually the closest. It was 1870. The exact date was June 26th so those people celebrating christmas in 1870 had a national holiday i found that remarkable even though apart from greg you two ladies went with the 20th century you would have thought wouldn't you as a puritan country with the mayflower coming over and everything else they would have had a national holiday for jesus's birth and christmas long before 1870 do you see what i'm saying to wait for the workforce though they they did it through the federal government when the workforce needed that day Otherwise, was, prior to yeah. that, that was automatically assumed you would get you would, it. Or, do you think so? I or, think so, Or you yeah. assumed you, ha- you had to work, do you think? That's got to be union-led, isn't it? I wonder how the unions were getting on in the 1870s, do you not think? There are more questions than answers. And finally, we have a couple of postal workers in the room, one ex, one current. 
I'd be interested to know. The first American Christmas stamp issued, I want a year. There we go. Kim's brain's clicking. Now we're going to go to the 1870s. You think so? The first specific Christmas-designed stamp I used suppose I by... better not just say 70s either. I'll say 1872. Kim's going 1872 for the first official Christmas stamp 1923. On Christmas. 1923. Greg Alope. I don't work for the post office. Yes, but you've got the best, <laughs> chance, the best chance of getting it right, I suspect. A number, sir. Anything. 1976. Nope. It was 1962, would oh you believe? I know, right? Who knew such so things? I'm closest and I get a oh, point. Oh, further. Love of <laughs> there's too much goodwill. Have you been on the cooking sherry this Christmas? Yes. Do you want stuffing? <laughs> Just, you're on five points. You're the runaway leader. How does this happen? This is outrageous. Wow. The last couple of weeks I've been reading out uh, a letter that was given to me by a lady called Clarice, a fabulous lady. She runs the food shelf in a place called Wyndham, which is a small town in southwest Minnesota. I know it's Christmas Day today, and uh, this show does go out in the archives, but I wanted to mention this again. The population of Wyndham, small little town, 4,600 people. They apparently fed from their food shelf 700 people last month and the local factory the local employment has just closed its doors several weeks ago and made another 280 people unemployed just before christmas they are so stretched in feeding people there are so many people requiring help and charity over this christmas period in this small town of Wyndham that they have literally run out or they are running out of funds and the local masonic lodge said they would match any donation that's given to them so there's a fabulous opportunity to double the amount of money that's being sent to them the reason i'm reading this out now is that will last until the first of january the masonic lodge said they would match any donation up until the first of january if you're interested they would love to hear from you and the donations of course are tax deductible so i'm going to give you their correspondence you can make checks payable to the wyndham area sharing center that's p.o box 173 wyndham minnesota 56 101 that's the Wyndham area sharing center p.o box 173 Wyndham minnesota 56101 and if anyone knows anything about english literature room 101 would make you smile if you're a fan of george orwell or you can call 507 822 7210 507 822 7210 and they would love to receive your donations and they're really stretched and desperate for your help at any time during tonight's show you can visit our facebook site it's more questions than answers with adrian lee all of tonight's stories and all of the videos and all of the photographs that accompany our show will be on there for you to look at we have a youtube channel also called more questions than answers with adrian lee some of our outtakes over the last six months are currently on there and i've been told they're very very funny if you wish to archive the show we have an extra 20 to 25 minutes at the top of the hour when the show finishes that we carry on in the studio it's a round called not for your mother it's like the dvd extras and it's a round that can't go out live on air for fear of being removed or for fear of us being fined a hefty amount of money there's stories there that your mother would not want to hear but are too fun and too exciting not to read out in our archives and rest assured people have written into us and said can we do an entire hour of the round called not for your mother but obviously that would have to be done as a special in our archives and we will look into it it's true enough isn't (laughs) it it is true 
It's very close to the edge, and we'll get us into a lot of trouble if we read that out live on air. You can visit my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips we currently have 73,000 followers on there and if you're bored over the christmas holidays and you have nothing to do my book mysterious minnesota digging up the ghostly past at 13 haunted sites is available if you're interested in a spooky read crammed full of history and evidence that's available at barnes and noble and amazon and all good e-book sites out there we run into the first round that is called Ghosts and Hauntings. Heather's in the lead with five points. Kim's on one. Greg and myself are yet to score, but rest assured that will be remedied before the first show is finished. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. See where we are? <laughs> I have a story that says owners of Mid-State Hotel claim they're living with ghosts. The Cole family of Red Boiling Springs, Tennessee, claim their home and business, the Thomas House, is a year-round haven for ghosts, and they're ready to share their stories. I didn't believe in ghosts, but I certainly do now, said Evelyn Cole. You have hairs stand up on your arm or feel things to your back. You hear a bump in the night or a disembodied voice, added David Cole. If you're in a hotel at night, you can follow my progress because I'm flipping on the lights as I go, he laughed. Does that make a big difference if you're being followed around the hotel by a ghost so you're putting the lights on? That's hardly a deterrent, is it, in my experience? A Saturday starts in red boiling springs like every morning. The Cole family are doing check-ins and check-outs, making the beds and placing biscuits on the table. Despite it all looking and sounding like any other hotel. I was thinking of the one in The Shining. (laughs) The Stanley. Like any other hotel. You mean the Stanley Hotel? The Coles said they've decided to embrace the hotel's macabre history. The Thomas House has withstood four generations of triumph and tragedy. But more so the latter than the former, said author Pat Fitzhugh. Between 1890 and the mid-1930s, a lot of people came here to benefit from the perceived healing properties of the spring water. They advertised this place as where the healing water flows, said David Cole. People came here for the baths, Evelyn Cole continued. They drank the water. Fitzhugh said, with so many sick and ailing coming to the hotel, hoping for a miracle spring water cure, the area saw many pass away it's also true to say isn't it that back in the day hoteliers died very frequently because the railroad brought people from all over the midwest for example into hotels and they were bringing lots of diseases with them and lots of illnesses that weren't prevalent in that area so a lot of hoteliers were the first port of call for all these people coughing and spluttering everywhere and subsequently they died they left behind a spiritual residue and that residue is what lingers today, he said. The Coles said the resident most often seen in is a ghost of a little girl named Sarah. They say she's often seen in a corner or at the foot of the bed in room 37. We would hear giggling and running up and down the halls, said Daryl Cole. A lot of our guests like to bring toys to Sarah, added David Cole, referring to a crib full of toys in room 37. You had an interesting experience, didn't you, when you did a toy room in a hotel do you remember that the palmer house yes that was one of your best evps wasn't it uh, i would say the best yeah the best you just want to describe what happened because that's a fabulous story 
And that was in a toy room, wasn't it? There were only two women recording. What came across the recording was a voice of a very husky, um, whispery male. And it was an all-female investigation team um, that said, are we dead? There we go. You and mean, there were no other guests at the hotel. No other guests. It was guests. empty other it than was the empty. investigating team. Yeah. It literally said, and he went, are we dead? Yeah, Just like it was that. a Very question. Yep. Yeah. Makes yep. the hairs on the back of my neck turn up. And Kim almost came off the road. There we go. <laughs> That'll teach her to drive up the stairs. Sarah's room abounds in paranormal activity, said Fitzhugh. Flashlights turn on and off at command. Children's balls roll on the floor. Shadows. What? True enough. <laughs> Children's balls, apparently, according to this story, roll That's up and nice. down the floor. Shadows and voices are picked up on recorders. A recording by Tennessee Ghost Hunters features a voice saying, I'm mad at you. I'm a princess. That sounds like uh -huh. a recording of how my marriage used to be. Oh, God. <laughs> the Tennessee Ghost... That's interesting, though, because the word Sarah, the name Sarah, literally means princess. Did you know that? No, no. I just saw that. I wonder if they even know that. I might write and tell them. That's very interesting, isn't it? If there's a ghost that they think is there of a little girl called Sarah, and then they have a recording saying, I'm mad at you, I'm a princess. The name Sarah means princess. I'm absolutely convinced of that. They're here and they're part of our lives, said Cherry Cole, refusing the other guests to the hotel. It's very strange, but they're almost like family, says Daryl Cole. We talk about them so much, it's like family members. As such, the front desk is always there, ready to hear stories about the extended family and about Sarah. I used to throw balls and she would throw them back to me, said one guest, relaying a story to the front desk. The Coles said the pictures on the wall proudly display all the residents at the hotel, the living and the dead. I just think they're lost souls, says Evelyn. It's home, it's home. They're not lost souls, are they, if they're at home? Do you know what I'm saying? Bit of an oxymoron there. Hotels are a microcosm of society. If an alien decided it wanted to know about human existence, anthropology, the best thing it could do, in my opinion, is to pick up an entire hotel and take it back to their alien planet. Everything to do with being human takes part in that hotel, doesn't it? In those square brick red walls, do you not think? Yes. You're conceived in hotels. People are born in hotels. People sleep in hotels. People work in hotels. People die in hotels. Weddings. Weddings in hotels. It's the absolute microcosm of what it is to be human. Every experience of being human is played out within the walls of a hotel, do you not think? Sure. Are we going to go with that? So any sure. aliens listening... Be sure to pick up a hotel and take it with you. I will give myself eight, and I am now in the lead. <laughs> Kim, what a you're now in second place on seven. Who knew? Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? A witch's wayhouse. A witch's wayhouse. Until this article, this is something I never knew anything about. So here's a historical fact. Yes. Well, you can't say we don't give you more than what you arrive with. The giant scales in this museum can still tell if someone is one of the devil's brides just by weight. In the small Netherlands town of Odawater, there is an historic wayhouse not unlike a number of similar buildings around the Netherlands, except this one is known primarily for weighing witches. A wayhouse was a common feature of medieval townships used as a central site where people could come to weigh their crops and livestock. They were generally publicly run, used to levy tax amounts on goods as well. As witch hunts became a popular hysteria, they also became the perfect spots to subject the accused to a witchcraft test. 
Witches were thought to be light enough to float on water and a common test of witchitude. Witchitude, I like that. Is that like attitude? <laughs> I think so. I'm going to give you a point just for using the word witchitude. That's fabulous. <laughs> Uh, it was to put the accused on the Wayhouse scale and see the results. They were generally rigged and countless innocents burned or drowned thanks to the superstitious tests. The Wayhouse in Odawater was a bit different as it was said to have been approved as a fair weighing site by Holy Roman Emperor Charles V. Thanks to this, no one is thought to have gone to the stake from its scales. They were originally built in 1482 and the witch weights didn't begin being tabulated until the 16th century. Today, the Wayhouse is a museum devoted to the site's history. Known as the Museum de Hexenwag. That's the best Dutch you're going to get tonight. <laughs> Visitors can come and weigh themselves, receiving certificates that prove they are not witches. If only so many of history's Wayhouses could have had such fun programs. Wow. So which way to the museum then? Yeah. <laughs> See what I did there? I love this show. I should give you points. You're on four. I have a story that says X Factor Ghost haunts Simon Carroll and Louis Tomlinson during Judge's House filming. Simon Carroll and One Direction star Louis Tomlinson were spooked when a ghost shook up X Factor filming. The pale grey figure glided past the window as hopeful Anton Stevens, 45, performed for the pair at Simon Judge's house, an old castle in France's Loire Valley. At the instant the creepy vision appeared, TV monitors were said to have flickered on and off. Then a bolted window flew open and the freaked out crew decided to stop shooting for the day. At the time, Carol joked, it's a ghost. When they checked the footage taken at the chateau in Candace-Saint-Martin, a strange figure was there. Asked about the filming disruptions afterwards, Carol said of the castle, I know it's haunted, I saw it. His girlfriend, Lauren Silverman, 38, said she felt a presence and admitted she was scared. Monique Pignet, co-owner of the Chateau, a renowned celeb haunt popular with Rolling Stones, Sir Mick Jagger, 72, and ACDC frontman Brian Johnson, 68, claims a ghost lives there. She revealed last year we had a Russian stay and he felt a definite presence. I bet he was rushing around all over the place scared. <laughs> he said, there's a bell there. He said it was the spirit of a man and it was strong around the tower and then what we call the arena. So it's true to say our place is haunted. Speaking in France, Carol, 56, insisted it was not his first brush with the spirit world. He said, I did have a ghost in my house once, and I do think it was a friendly ghost. No one has ever asked me that before. I was living in a house, and the bedroom door was open, and every night you would hear a knock-knock as if someone was trying to get in. Perhaps they're trying to tell a joke, eh? I was thinking there has to be a reason. But there wasn't, so I'm convinced it was a ghost. I couldn't explain it. And that's why it's called the paranormal beyond things that are normal, things that can't be proved by science. Heather, what have you got for me now in the round of ghosts and hauntings? You're on a hefty seven points, but you are in second place. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Grieving wife bathed her husband's decomposing body for six weeks. Ooh. Surely you'd need a sieve to get him out of the bath, wouldn't you? I don't know. A grieving woman who bathed and cared for her husband's decomposing body for weeks after he died 
Wouldn't acknowledge that the remains were her spouse. Is everyone enjoying our Christmas special, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> that forced police to use dental records to identify the man whose body was found in his northern Wellington home in late August. How can you bathe someone when they have to be identified through dental records? They must be, that must be like ground beef at that point, must they? Do you see what know. I'm saying? I have no idea. Police opened a homicide investigation but have not laid any charges and have now passed the matter to the coroner. It appeared the man died of natural causes, but his wife did not notify authorities or funeral directors of his passing. Police had previously said the couple were aged in their late 50s and were originally from India. Mr. Ferguson said that the man had been having some health troubles and the coroner would rule on the exact cause of death. His wife, meanwhile, had mental health issues. Do you think so? And would not admit he was gone. That was the twist or sticking point in the investigation. That's quite sad, really, she was, she was saying, that's not my husband. This is a stranger that arrived the day my husband disappeared. Wow. Uh, she was actually feeding and bathing this decomposing body. Mr. Ferguson said this probably went on for six weeks or actually more. It was also possible her actions were a form of Hindu cultural ritual, Mr. Ferguson said. The body was found after neighbors complained of a smell. In wow. August. And that was bathing it every day. Yeah. You see where I'm, that's terrible. And feeding I, I don't understand. I don't know what she was doing, but that's, yeah, that uh, is quite sad. Thanks for cheering everyone up on this festive day of celebration. I it's, wasn't meant to cheer you up. It was meant to gross you out. It did. Good. I don't know if I can give you points for that. <laughs> I'll have a think about it whilst I'm reading the next story. I have a story about bathing the dead as well. I think Do you, you? You've been looking at my work, haven't you? No, you've been copying me. Dead man comes back to life after being dropped into an ice bath by doctors. It'd be a worry, wouldn't it, if the story you read out, he came back to life. That would be kind of creepy. Dropped in an ice bath six weeks after the event. A dad of two whose heart stopped following a massive heart attack came back from the dead after doctors put him in an ice bath. Boulent Somnez looked like a goner as doctors failed to restart his heart when he collapsed shortly after being admitted to hospital. But in a last-ditch bid to get his heart beating again, medics used a controversial therapeutic hypothermia treatment to lower his body temperature to just 30 degrees to limit the effects of a lack of oxygen on his organs. Once Boulant's heart had been started again, doctors spent around 24 hours maintaining his heart rate and returning his body temperature to normal. But the joy of his family was short-lived as it emerged the 40-year-old could only remember about half his life and had no recollection of his wife and children. So he must have been happier then, I'm guessing. Oh. Bulun from Ankara, Turkey, has been able to piece together some of the memories following his life-saving procedure, but still has huge gaps in his recollections. His wife, Sybil, 39, told local media it was like a movie. I didn't know how to explain to the children when we were going home. Your dad's dead. I'm sorry, kids. Oh, no. Hang on a second. My bad. I tried to resolve it by showing him photographs, but it took a very long time to be able to convince him that he was married and had children. It's a good ploy, isn't it, around Christmas to suddenly pretend you don't remember having any kids? 
There's less <laughs> presents to buy, right? Isn't that the ploy that men usually use around Valentine's Day? Oh, what, the year I have a girlfriend? I think Father's Day may be the way. <laughs> Medics, Dr. Omar Zutu said the man was released back home several weeks ago and has not seemed to have regained much of his memory. We did not find much literature looking into the detail of the side effects of therapeutic hypothermia treatment. I just think this would be an ideal opportunity for his wife to say, you must remember, sweetheart, you buy me diamonds for Christmas every year. (laughs) (laughs) You could have so much fun with that, couldn't you? You must remember me. I'm your brother, surely. It would be a terrible time, wouldn't it? We now going to the round. That is UFOs and crypto. Zoology, I'm in the lead with eight points. Heather's close. In seventh, Kim has four, and Greg is yet to get off the mark. The round that is hairy beasties. The round that is green men. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in UFOs? I got alien eggs. You've actually got a story that's relevant to the round. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, you're now on eight. Perfect. Teenagers find alien eggs in a frozen lake. Two friends in Utah have recorded footage of a mysterious ice circle filled with egg-like objects. Ew. The peculiar phenomenon, which was found by the teenagers in the middle of a frozen lake, consists of a circular feature filled with strange white crystals that seem to defy explanation. So because they don't know what they are, they're alien It does eggs. look weird. Does it Just look strange? Saying. Like Just something saying. from Alien? Those kind pods of weird. And, okay. Yeah. In the video, the two youths Youth. can be seen inquisitively poking and prodding at the objects while jokingly referring to them as alien eggs due oh, to no. their gross and slimy consistency. You're not supposed to poke and prod the stuff. Colleen, I've got yokel down my shirt. My mum's going to kill me. Gross. The footage has proven quite popular since appearing online with internet users offering explanations ranging from frozen puddle of paint to a meteorite impact crater. Can I prod your eggs? (laughs) (laughs) Some have even suggested that it could be some sort of viral marketing campaign. So far, however, no definitive explanation for the phenomenon has been found. There we go. And that story is available to see, is it? Can you post that on our Facebook site? You want to see my alien eggs? That's exactly what I want to see. <laughs> I have a story. I'm going to give you two points for that. I'm feeling really generous. I'm full of the Christmas spirit. Good, Scrooge. You're now on bar humbug. <laughs> Woman photobombed by alien during selfie on a passenger jet on a business trip. A woman has posted a selfie taken on a plane in which she claims she has photobombed by an alien. Alicia Podokoritov from the city of Kurgan in south-central Russia region said she took the picture during the flight on a whim. But when she posted it on social media, friends pointed out something very strange a few seats behind her. The young woman was on a business trip and she said she was not sure why she suddenly decided to take the selfie. As she said, it's not unusual. It's not unusual. I was thinking that. That she would normally do this. This is very rare for her to take a selfie, apparently. She said when she shared the snap online, she was flooded with comments alerting her to the alien. This is great. Aliens traveling in business class is a joy, isn't it? (laughs) Gas is so expensive. If you can just buy a ticket, that'd be great. She said when she shared the snap online, she was flooded with comments. She said I uploaded the picture on my social media page and then all the questions and comments 
hit me. Only after that I realised there was a bizarre-looking image of a creature behind me. I'm guessing that was a Russian steward on board the plane. I've been on an aeroplane. I've flown Macedonian Airways. And those stewardesses were huge women with like arms like Popeye covered in tattoos. I swear two of them were shaving. But those are the type of people you want. If there was a crash, they'd just pick me up and throw me out the door. That's exactly what's required. <laughs> they were the best looking women in Macedonia, apparently. I thought you were going to say Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's transferable. I think it works both ways, to be honest. There goes all our Minnesota listeners. I can only apologize. I, I love your beard. It's fabulous. <laughs> She said the figure was humanoid and looked like a large alien similar to those in Hollywood films. A ray of light can be seen going through its head. There are no signs of eyes on the photo, just one piece that's dark green and it's its body. Some people suggested it was not an alien, but a ghost. See, am I getting points for having ghosts and aliens in the same? No, okay. The size of it was unknown. But it seems larger than the other travellers on the aeroplane. Victor Lunef, aviation expert, commented on the bizarre photo saying pilots and stewards are very superstitious and maybe there was a reason. In my experience, I have never encountered anything of that kind. Maybe we could explain it with reference to some of the basic laws of physics. You kind of changed the laws of physics, Captain. My best Pakistani accent. How's that? I shall give myself. If anyone wants to see this, by the way, there is this photograph. It's on our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. But I took a great big intake of breath there because so many of these things are fake. The woman who's taking the selfie isn't actually looking at herself. She's kind of looking to the side as if she's trying to get it into the photograph as she's taking the picture to see what i mean so if people wish to see this they can claim that it's uh, made up they can claim and cry foul you can get inflatable aliens of course we have a friend who lives in long prairie used to be the state director for mufon her name's lorna and she spent many years driving with a large inflatable alien in the passenger seat of her car which was very amusing to the police officer that pulled her over one night because she had one light out that was a very sh- he shone a flashlight into the car and there's this alien sat there in the passenger seat. It was rather amusing. <laughs> Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? You're currently on four points. Man spots UFO hovering 200 feet above the ocean while camping under the stars. Wow, that can't be too warm this time of year, can it, I'm guessing? I wouldn't think so, no, and it's in Canada. Uh, the bizarre light was filmed on camera by Mr. Shepherd, who was sleeping under the stars with his wife near Kensington, Prince Edward Island, Canada. So there's some, there's a shepherd. It's Christmas Day. He's a camping under the stars. Oh, do I get extra points for that? What, the fact that there's a big light comes out the because side? Because I have the category of UFO, and I'm also on Christmas with the shepherd. And there's a big light comes out the side and yeah. claims his name's Gabriel. And he was <laughs> sleeping under the stars. This is true. So I shall give you. I think that's at least one. <laughs> I told you, I'm feeling very festive, very giving. In the video, Mr. Shepard narrates what he sees. It's flashing bright on and off. It reminds me of a dreidel or a spin top. It's very big, very bottom heavy too. From my perspective... Back to Minnesota women again. <laughs> Gosh, here goes all our listeners. Oh no, all three of them have turned off. I do apologize. <laughs> he says, from my perspective, I'd say it's 200 to 300 feet above the ocean. There's no land in front of me. It's very bright. The lights are very bright. I'd say it's probably well over a kilometer away, but it's big, so it could be even further, and it's really emitting a glow. It's lighting up quite an area around it. It's not a ship. We can see the bottom of it above the water. 
The video was uploaded to the Mutual UFO Network YouTube channel a week ago. The case was reportedly closed as unknown by the Canadian field investigators. They said in the report the witness was on his annual camping trip with his wife. He's brave, isn't he? Where should we go this year for Christmas, sweetheart? Let's go camping in Canada. That won't be cold, will it? I wouldn't do it. Do you know what? He wants her to uh, snuggle up to him. That's the that's the key, isn't it? Get it nice and cold and she'll... she'll either that or he was going to offer. <laughs> that's true. Why do we need the chainsaw, the big bag of line, the rope and the spade? See, if you offer in the middle of winter, they won't find her till spring. You see, this is how Heather's mind works. <laughs> see, no one else was thinking that. You weren't? No, that's just okay. you. You go to some very dark places. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody, and a Happy New Year. Uh, they said his wife was asleep in the tent around 11.30 p.m. <laughs> when Mr. Shepard saw a strange large light out over the ocean to the north. His video and photos are compelling and descriptions are good. Low-res iPhone camera makes the object hard to make out details. Mr. Shepard, a week before Christmas, strange light comes out of the sky. He's on a hillside somewhere. That sounds very mysterious to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> There'll be three wise men turn. Oh, no, it's Canada. My apologies. Oh. Astronomer's spot nearest planet <sighs> capable of supporting life ever seen. The planet is four times as big as Earth and sits perfectly within the Goldilocks zone that would make it able to support life. Astronomers look for worlds that sit in the perfect region where it is not too hot or too cold to support liquid water. Or porridge. It is one of the first times that astronomers have spotted a planet near to us that has a kind of rocky solid surface that is thought to be necessary for alien life. It is a particularly exciting find because all three planets are of low enough mass to be potentially rocky and have a solid surface. And the middle planet, which is called Wolf 1061c, they have fabulous names for these, don't they? Very catchy. Sits within the Goldilocks zone where it might be possible for liquid water and maybe even life to exist, said lead study author Dr. Duncan Wright in a statement. I have several things I wish to bring up already. I'm sure we have science fiction fans shouting at the radio as we speak. This three collection of planets here, which they say is the best chance we've had so far, of seeing if there's alien life. They're the closest to Earth, apparently, in terms of what Earth is like. It's called the Wolf Planets. Wolf A, Wolf B, Wolf C. Do you remember Bad Wolf from the Doctor Who series and all that came about? That no. was very interesting. You don't. Mm -mm. Trust me, there will be a lot of people out there that know what I'm currently talking about. So Doctor Who had the Bad Wolf running through several series. There is, believe it or not, and you can look this up, in Star Trek... In the history of Star Trek, there was a series of planets called the Wolf System, and that's when the Great Federation Wars were, and everything got destroyed, was in the Wolf System that they discovered. So could it be that we're creating our own history? That's very remarkable, isn't it, on those two counts? And if people wish to read around that, they can look that up. It is fascinating to look out at the vastness of space and think a star so very close to us, a near neighbour, could host habitable life. Scientists might now be able to catch a view of the planet, helping them study its atmosphere and explore whether it might be able to support life. The team found three planets going around a star that is stable like our own smaller and relatively cool. One of the three planets known as Wolf 1061c sits squarely within the habitable zone. These three planets right next door to us 
join the small but growing ranks of potential habitable rocks are orbiting nearby stars that are cooler than our sun. Scientists will now hope that they can explore the planet's atmosphere in more detail. The close proximity of the planets around Wolf 1061 means there is a good chance these planets may pass across the face of the star. If they do, then it may be possible to study the atmospheres of these planets in the future to see whether they would in fact be conducive to life. This is all very interesting, isn't it? We're going to run into the round that is strange and bizarre. It's the stories from around the world of the too weird, too strange and too bizarre not to read out but don't fit easily into any other category. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of the strange and the bizarre? I have a Christmas theme. You have Christmas themes for our Christmas Day special, our 75th anniversary show. Boston Man offers living elf on the shelf service for $100. So he's volunteering (laughs) to spy on your kids for 24 hours. No. We have special words for them people no, in Britain. No, it's an elf on a shelf. Yes, but aren't they supposed to look at naughty kids? Yes. Yes, but they just sit there like this. So this and old poop. This old man. Chocolate chips. Well, you had some very strange elves in your house, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get made to eat them? No, we oh, never okay. had one. But. You never had one. That's why you were naughty. <laughs> it's true, though, isn't it? This is a dirty old man saying, I'll keep an eye on your kids. No, he's actually quite young. This is an old young man. That's right. Young man at my age. Residents in the Boston area can employ the help of a living elf on the shelf to watch over their homes this holiday season. I bet. A Massachusetts man posted a listing on Craigslist offering to attend holiday parties dressed as an elf on the shelf and stare emptily at your guests for $100 an hour. Greg's going to do that all over Christmas. <laughs> what, poop, chocolate chips? No, stare empty at guests <laughs> in his house. <laughs> I specialize in holiday-themed events, either yours or an unexpecting friend's, but I also offer contracted private investigation and babysitting services. Wow. Private investigation and uh, babysitting, babysitting services. Yeah, the man yeah. who identified himself only as whatever you want my name to be oh my. wrote... <laughs> Little baby Colleen, can you show me on this little elf on the shelf where he touched you? Oh, the man also states that due to high demand, an advance notice of 48 hours is required for those seeking his services. Good luck. That's The trouble with that job is that after Christmas, he's got no employment, has he? Well, then he can be a private investigator or a babysitter, a babysitter or a, One of those know, private Easter inv- bunny, maybe. I see. He's working his way. He's going to be a cherub during Valentine's Day. and Yeah. I see where we are. He's going to dress up in his mother's clothing for Mother's Day. Yeah. I have a story that says Christmas elves punched and threatened in Formby. Nice. A group of performing Christmas elves has been left traumatized after being attacked by a gang of teenagers. Perhaps they should have followed elf and safety procedures. <laughs> Entertainers, star kids, were cornered by the gang after a Christmas light switch-on in Formby, Merseyside in England. The performers, including one as young as 13, were abused, with one punched and another threatened with an air gun, said the troop's manager... 
John Hayes. The uh, teenagers look like three orcs, though, apparently. We know what return to Formby next year, he said. We've been going for five years and we've never had any trouble like this before. It started off with these teenagers trying to take their hats or telling the children they are not really elves. Mr. Hayes said that one of the performers had an air gun held to his head. Give me the presents or the elf gets it. It was very traumatic experience, she added. The group member is extremely upset by this. The elves have received dozens of messages of support via social media and from parents. One local mother, Nicola Cowie, said, Star kids bring so much to our community, they bring magic to life. Her elves give it their all. They live and breathe as elves while they're dressed in those costumes. I'd be so disgusted if my child acted the way that those youths did. A Merseyside police spokesman said he was investigating a report of antisocial behaviour by a group of young youths at the event. Their prime suspect was tall, furry and green. More Christmas fare. Lots of cheer and happiness this festive day kim what have you got for me tonight in the round of the bizarre and the strange our favorite subject heather oh no what have we got i don't know what that was for so oh you just did a high five because she left it hanging out there yeah i couldn't leave her hanging i see how three bright-eyed and bushy-tailed squirrels oh what is it with this squirrel.com has come up with the news again hasn't it yeah what's strange and bizarre about three squirrels showing squirrel love in a threesome a tryst, <laughs> a tryst of furry rodent nut love, no doubt. <laughs> An amateur photographer could not believe his luck when he stumbled across three cute squirrels cuddling. Cute. Snapper Ian Thomas, 52, from Anglesey, took the amazing photo of the three American red squirrels embracing while on holiday in Montana. He's Welsh if he comes from Anglesey. Did you know that? He's probably related to you, Kim. Probably. Just thought I'd mention that. <laughs> the photographer admitted that he was fortunate to discover the rare phenomenon with the furry creatures happy to tuck into his lunch, too. He fed them. This is bribery. He's giving them some lunch, and then he's asking the three to perform in some sort of weird, strange Welsh sexual tryst of rodent love. And he's got a <laughs> photograph of it. And we're encouraging this live on air. Yeah, when have you done something of such... I've not Wonder. done anything with a squirrel for money. <laughs> I deny everything. I was, you do it without being offered the money. The <laughs> money. I told the judge I was just trying to push it through the fence because it got stuck, and I'm sticking with that. Okay. <laughs> Merry too, Christmas. Too far. Too far. Ian said he'd been observing the squirrels on and off for a while as yeah, they were local to where he was staying. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they were very friendly and would come within a foot of him to take nuts as long as I stayed still, he said. No, with the boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> it appeared that the squirrels started to cuddle each other to begin a mating ceremony as the day after he observed the mating. There's some weird stuff going wow. on. Wow. They stayed in cuddle mode for just a minute or two. I have never seen this before and considered myself very lucky right. to observe this. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, if I had gone, then a couple of minutes and I'm going to sleep. Make us a bacon sandwich and a cup of tea. With That's terrible. He said he had never seen any other image of squirrels cuddling in a line like this. He doesn't get the same magazines I get then. <laughs> Squirrel love. And the image was has received excellent feedback as he feels I'm sure. 
It is a creature that is loved universally. It's clearly no, I... unique to have three of them cuddling from the comments that he has received. That was a conga line. Don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a squirrel Christmas off his party. He's just gate crashed here. That's terrible. That's terrible. If people wish to see strange and bizarre photographs of squirrel love, the photograph is available to view on our Facebook site, More Questions Than Answers with Adrian Lee, if it hasn't been taken down by Facebook. I have another story in the round of The Strange and the Bizarre. Parents hide newly adopted son under Christmas tree to surprise daughters. Two Texan parents are giving Sandra a run for his money this year after surprising their three young daughters with a brand new baby brother. The girls thought their mum, Courtney Solstead, and dad were tackling some Christmas shopping. Instead, the couple had just pulled off the ultimate holiday, Hoodwink. They had just picked up their newly adopted son, Nathan. Do you get them through the drive-thru? Or? Yeah, I think that's eBay, isn't it? <laughs> you can buy one, get one free after Christmas. They wasted their money. If it speaks with an English accent, it's twice as much, apparently. Nathan, who the girls knew nothing about, and tucked him away under the Christmas tree for the sisters to find. Perhaps they tied him to the railroad tracks. <laughs> that would be great, wouldn't it? You have the train going around the bottom of the Christmas tree and there's a baby tied to the tracks. No, just no. me. Okay, fair enough. Help, help. I'll get you, Penelope Pitstop. I don't know where that came from. You I'm forgot sorry. to do the mustache part. Well, I'm going to mime a mustache live on air, am I? <laughs> yes. Wow. Greg just mimed a mustache, ladies and gentlemen. He shall gain a point. <laughs> it was the best mimed mustache I've ever seen. He even twirled and waxed the end. It was quite impressive. <laughs> Along with quite literally jumping for joy and the shedding of tears at the sight of their early Christmas present, the girls were eager to meet and cuddle their little brother. It's a moment that will have you feeling all fuzzy. I wonder if they kept a gift receipt for that. What do you think? I I have a feeling those girls are going to wish that they had a return slip. That's all I'm saying. Well, when the first diaper comes through and it's green. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It does. Right up until the age they're 24 and they're still playing Xbox in your basement. <laughs> yeah, I see right. where we are. Heather, what have you got for me tonight? You've got that. You're not crowbarring any more stories no, in. No, I'm, I'm done. You're done, are you? I'm going to get another one in because I want the point. Man accused of stealing mum's stew. I love the way you pronounce stew over here. Say stew. Stew. That's not how you say it. Yeah, it is. Stew. 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 It's That's all how bit... you say it. No, stew. you go stew. Stew. It's like your clothes. Give them to me. Nice night for a walk. Uzi 9 millimeter. I want stew. See how that works? Uh-huh. Go on. Man accused of stealing his mum's stew. Police say an Albuquerque man wanted his mother's traditional New Mexican stew so much that he broke into her home and stole it. The Albuquerque Journal reports 23-year-old Jonathan Ray recently was arrested after he ignored his mother's commands to stay away from her pasoli and ran off with the holiday dish. I've not gone anywhere near my mother's pasoli. I just thought I'd add that. He's lucky he didn't get slapped, isn't it? <laughs> Greg, have you ever been near your mother's pasoli? No. Okay, you shall gain another point. It wasn't as good as your massage. As your massage. As your massage? <laughs> Moustache. Sorry, Greg, I was thinking of you in terms of a massage. What Did can I say? Did you get a massage from your mom? <laughs> nope. Nope. That was a very stressful Christmas. According to a criminal complaint, strangely enough, Ray texted his mum and said that he wanted some of her pasoli, but she said no. 
The complaints say that Ray's mum later found her gate and garage broken. Police say a pot of the basoli has also gone. Ray was later arrested on a residential burglary charge. I arrest you in the name of the law. That's terrible. (laughs) I wonder if his face had like stew all over it. He's got like bits dribbling down his shirt. There'll be a lineup like the usual suspects where there's five gentlemen. But one of them's got like the graveyard down. Drippings. He's got stew drippings. <laughs> he was a rock star from the 1950s. You're not going to get away with that. Wasn't Stu Drippings the guy that died, you know, on the aircraft with Buddy Holly? There was Buddy so, Holly, yeah. Richie yeah. Valance. The and big I, bopper and yeah, Stu Drippings. drippings. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> wow. This is the last round of the evening. It's called Not For Your Mother. It is the round where your mother needs to be removed from the room. If she is of a delicate disposition if she is easily offended if there are small minors that are not elves running around your christmas dinner table and unwrapping presents at the moment then you need to remove those as well it's the stories from around the week that we can't read out live on air for fear of being fined or being removed heather what have you got for me tonight in the round of not for your mother i have driving instructors may offer lessons in return for sex netherland government confirms the dutch again It's the Dutch. I see where we are. I know the government in the Netherlands has clarified that it is legal for driving instructors to offer lessons in return for sex, as long as the students are over the age of 18. (laughs) However, it is illegal for uh, an offer of sex in return for lessons. So they can't say, I'll give you sex for lessons. They have to come to you. Yes. The, they have to come to yes, you. Yes, the instructors have to say, I'll give lessons for sex. Crikey, by the end of the year, you're going to be the best Formula One driver there is. <laughs> Transport Minister Melanie Schultz von Hagen and Justice Minister Art von de Stuer addressed the issue in response to a question tabled in Parliament by Gert John Seegers. These are characters from Star Wars. Are you making all this up? Of the socially conservative Christian Union Party, noting that although undesirable, offering driving lessons with sex as payment is not illegal. Yeah, first I got my bike license, and, and then I got my car license, and then I decided to do my, my advanced driving test, and then I got my truck license. Yeah, there you go. And then I decided to renew your license. You waited until you That's right. Then I trained to be a, a, an instructor and then I decided to go and get some rallying <laughs> lessons and then I did a track day. Your boat license. Then I got my boat license. In a letter to Parliament, the minister said it is not about offering sexual activities for remuneration, but offering a driving lesson. It is important that the initiative lies with the driving instructor and focuses on offering a driving lesson with a payment provided in sexual acts. That's ridiculous. You could start offering that for every service. When a sexual act offered in lieu of financial payment, that is called prostitution. So it's so, finances. Yeah. So if I said to you, I'm going to clean your house, and then, you know, you, we can have a bit of as your father, that'll be fine. Apparently, yeah. Okay. It's been noted that web searches for driving lessons in exchange for sex, or a ride for a ride, as the practice has been dubbed, have recently increased in popularity. Your hmm. driving's terrible, madam. I know you've had 53 <laughs> lessons, but you're still not doubling up on the clutch properly, and your heel starts are terrible, so I'm going to have to see you next Monday as well. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Gert Jan Seegers protested that the situation should be illegal as the apparently entirely theoretical learner drivers would not have an escort license and would be declaring the sexual services for tax purposes. 
I read in Britain that the average number of lessons required before you pass your test is around 60. Are you serious? That's an awful lot of shenanigans, isn't it? <laughs> God, you're going to be so fit, you'll be able to run a marathon, wouldn't you? Well, you've lost That's... 12 pounds in weight since you started doing your driving lessons. Is this, I think to myself, okay, if it's up to the instructor, whether they want to say, well, you can either pay me or, you know, we can have a little bit of the... Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if it's a not attractive person coming up, give me the money. If it's an attractive person, would you like to that's a save slap yourself in the, some That's money? a slap in the face, though, isn't it? When you've had your lesson and it's like, you know, how would you like me to pay? Oh, that'd be $25. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You'd go home pretty sad, wouldn't you? You'd be, yeah. you know, yeah, that's not good news, is it? No. No. Oh. Anyway, only so, the Dutch. Go. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? A new super condom will fight HIV and increase sexual pleasure, scientists claim. Nice. We, we need to get some samples on the show and try them out, I'm guessing. They should have these out before Christmas so that we could have had them as Christmas presents. Stocking, stocking stuffers. stuffers. You should have seen those little kids' faces. Look, I've got a sleeping bag for a worm. No, okay. <laughs> a new super condom that is both anti-HIV and more sexually pleasurable than traditional condoms. Will Merry soon Christmas, be listeners! <laughs> According to the scientists from the Texas A&M University Health Science Center, the new contraceptive will be lined with a hydrogel-based product, generally used in healing cuts, which kills the HIV virus in the event of a condom breakage. You'd think they'd put some sort of antiseptic in it anyway, wouldn't you? Would you Evidently, think? they haven't been. I don't know. There you go. The condom will also feature an antioxidant to enhance sexual pleasure. Antioxidants? Isn't that what gets rid of wrinkles? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Every wrinkle's an inch. <laughs> People say they don't want to use condom because it doesn't have the same sexual pleasure. Mahu Chowdhury, head researcher on the project, Chowder. told the BBC. <laughs> Mahu Chowder. Chowdhury. Chowdhury. Okay. Mohair Chowdhury. Yeah, gotcha. Perfect. The antioxidant will enhance neurotransmitters, which will work with nerve endings, giving greater sexual pleasure. Ooh. I have to get someone to have my next driving lesson. <laughs> <laughs> if the HIV virus gets into the product, the condom will block it, prevent it replicating, and prevent entry from the body. And it can make tea as well, apparently. Apparently. Yeah. All while wearing a cape. The trouble I have getting in and out of telephone boxes. I've been arrested three times. (laughs) The condom is expected to go on sale next year with Dr. Chowdhury saying, we know that we don't need FDA approval and several companies are very interested in working with us. I remember saying, you know, this is a superhero condom. And the woman says, what, the flash? Whole thing's done and dusted in like a second. (laughs) Minute man. (laughs) See where I'm going with that. What would I be saw. the best? What would be the best superhero condom? I mean, you could get the Hulk. It'd be huge, but yes. it'd be green, right? Iron Man, <laughs> <laughs> Mister Fantastic. <laughs> Look, it's going round the corner. <laughs> That's terrible. Superhero condoms. <laughs> That's a joy, isn't it? They do plan on making the condom affordable. It will cost around $1. The Aquaman smells of fish. Oh. You won't like this. The announcement comes after newly diagnosed HIV cases in Europe reached a 30-year high of 142,000 just in the year 2015. Do you know what oh, I'm going to wow. say now? And This is incredibly controversial. Facebook? 
No. I th- oh. What if I suddenly said, and I'm not here to be, you know, shot down and incriminated, but we've just had two million refugees from Africa into Europe. See oh. where I'm going. So is that uh, controversial or is that reasonable? Do you see what I yeah. mean? I only say that because my mother worked as a bow chemist in a hospital in East London and incidents of TB, tuberculosis, suddenly increased because of the amount of refugees that were entering Britain that had tuberculosis because it had been completely eradicated in Britain. We have inoculations and suddenly the hospital my mother worked at had to have a TB wing and a ward in it because it's incredibly you know, contaminated. What's the word I'm looking for? Contagious. There we go. So I just wondered if there was a connection, that's all. I wasn't making any any comment beyond that. I have a story that says, Naked pervert caught having sex with camper van tow bar by horrified gran and granddaughter. A naked pervert was caught by a horrified family having sex with a camper van in the middle of the night. The camper van was consenting, though, apparently. Horrified Jackie Walker told how she was with her teenage granddaughter when they stumbled across the sweating man performing a sick sex act on the mobile home's tow bar. Anyone ever touched your tow bar, Greg? Nope. Time for a Christmas (laughs) wish. Jackie 66 said the man was completely naked as he arrived around on the metal bar at the rear of the camper van, but was clearly visible under the streetlights. Well, you want to see what you're doing, don't you? Traumatised Jackie said we had an incident outside our house at 1.30am in the morning. My granddaughter was staying with us and she came in my room crying. When we got to the upstairs window, he was totally naked, trying to sit on the tow bar of the camper van. It was disgusting. There is a thing called mechanophobia. Have you ever heard of that? Yes. It's about having sexual relations with inanimate objects that are machines yes do you see what i mean Mm -hmm. so for example if a machine is sexy if you think of examples of sexy machines you know from the terminator for example the woman who's the machine in the terminator that would be an example of that but it's people having unnatural sexual acts with cars specifically like a puget like a puget the famous (laughs) the famous french puget 306 from last week's show but there was a famous film called Crash. I don't know if you've seen the film Crash with uh, the director David Cronenberg, but that is related to that. Retired Jackie said the man engaged in a bizarre act on a normally busy road in full view of passing traffic in Newquay in Cornwall. In Nookie? In Nookie, in Cornwall. Great. If it was Cornwall, he's probably related to the camper van. She added, there's a street lamp right above the camper van where he was doing what he was doing and cars were going by. It's not normal behaviour at all. I don't know what's up with the bloke. I can think of a few things that are up with the bloke. The Gran of Five said the incident had left her family shaken and upset and they can't look a tow bar in the eye anymore. We were traumatised because our granddaughter was here. Her bedroom was at the front and it woke her up. She thought he was trying to break in at first. I suspect he may have taken a while to get in. Let's hope that his flatbed truck doesn't find out. He was seeing the camper van behind the, you know, behind the back of his flatbed Puget truck. Oh, I see how that works. Heather, what have you got for me to finish off tonight's Christmas special? Our 75th anniversary show. I love Star Wars. And we mentioned it earlier, yeah, Star Wars, yeah. These are not the droids you're looking for. Well, I have a phone ad. A phone ad? Mm Mm-hmm. And I believe it's from France. From France? Yes. 
It actually shows you how to turn your penis into a lightsaber. (laughs) (laughs) The force is strong with this one. Get out the tablet, take notes. (laughs) (laughs) Why didn't George Lucas and J.J. Abrams think of this? Don't answer that. We know why. Watch two naked guys have a Star Wars lightsaber duel with what would appear to be their condom-sheathed penises. It's when one of the sabers goes out that you've got to worry. Oh. This has <laughs> happened. There was a movie with John Ritter. Oh. What? It glow was glow-in-the-dark glow condoms that looked like a saber fight between the husband and the boyfriend. Are you serious? Yes. Now oh, you see God. it. Now you don't. Uh, the N. SFW ad for Wico in France promotes the mobile phone company's deal of a portable plus glow-in-the-dark rubbers. See, I'm now thinking of the lightsaber by Kylo Ren that's got two bits coming out of the side. See where I'm going with that? That no, would be complicated, wouldn't it? weird. What are you thinking? It's like a three-pin plug. Oh. That would be terrible. <laughs> if you want to have a look and uh, viewer whoop, discretion whoop, is whoop. advised, and I did look, by the way. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> look up Wico Mobile, and that's spelt W-I-K-O, mobile, slash pub fever on YouTube, and you'll find it. In, this has been in a wow. pub, is it? No, it's just labeled that. I'm just giving you Prepare directions. Prepare the escape pod. That's outrageous. <laughs> oh, Isn't there a two-handed one as well in one of them? I don't know, but it, it's it kind of bad. funny. Yeah, oh, it's dear. kind well, of funny. Well, you've just ruined Christmas and Star Wars for everybody. Well, they were you? green. Did the, does that help? <laughs> <laughs> Not really. That was the Hulk condom. I think you're getting confused, madam. It only gets hard when it's angry. <laughs> well, all good things come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores. In last place, with a resplendent two points in the K2 meter with the dead battery is Greg for f- 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 for fun. For fun. <laughs> <laughs> for miming what it is to have a moustache. Great. <laughs> and for saying no. No. Nope. Two perfect occasions. <laughs> Kim is in third place. We haven't been on the cooking sherry, I swear. Kim is on five points, and she's in third place. I am tonight's resplendent winner in first place with all the Christmas presents and the cold turkey and a nice sandwich with some pickle and... No? I have nine points. I've won the 33,000. Oh, there's been controversy, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) I have... My outro in front of me. The things I have to read out in terms of my gratitude and greatest thanks to our sponsors. And because Heather scored so many points tonight, my paper for my outro was resting over the scores. And it looks like I'd won with nine points and Heather had scored seven. Heather's just removed my script and it goes down to 11. So I'm not. Tonight's winner, nope. we have snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. And Heather walks away with all the Christmas presents and the cold turkey. And I can't even cheat and change it because she's seen it now. Do not fear, listener. Remember, I will be back with a whole new bunch of cheating next week and I will definitely win. And I would love for you to join me for that cheating with a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal. 
<laughs> strange, <laughs> intriguing, bizarre, <laughs> weird. This is how my day's gone. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. I'm losing the will to live. <laughs> you can contact me at my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips and remember all our shows are archived if you go to soundcloud.com and search for mqta radio you can see the last 75 episodes of our show and remember we're now going to do another 20 to 25 minutes in a round called not for your mother and you should also find those if you search on there my gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to lorna hunter heather morris jeton drainer kim and greg gore and all at the international paranormal society itparanormal.net and all of the show sponsors including the lakes area paranormal interest group and mufon of minnesota i just want to say a merry christmas to you out there and thank you for tuning in and listening we really appreciate your support throughout of the year many thanks to you and seasonal greetings it just remains for me to say thank you for listening and remember be interested and interesting good night good night